Welcome to Rocking Our Priors. I'm your host, Dr. Alice Evans. Now, there's a lot of chatter about the crisis of masculinity. To be honest, I find it irritating because a lot of people get a lot of things wrong. They don't understand it historically. So let me try to share what I understand learning from the global history of gender. And I'm titling this podcast, Structural Transformation and Patriarchal Nostalgia. So, good jobs for high school graduates have dwindled. Manufacturing and other manual intensive occupations that on average paid substantially higher salaries and services have disappeared. This has undercut men's ability to provide, bruised their egos, fostered patriarchal nostalgia, and catalyzed votes for the far right. So before discussing those contemporary effects, I first want to explain how we got there. How we got here, rather. Because this is totally missing from contemporary discussion. So, before the Industrial Revolution, men and women were economically interdependent, working together in a shared enterprise at home, relying on each other. Men needed women to survive. But that changed with the British Industrial Revolution. Real wages increased after 1830. Those wages were monopolised by men. That exacerbated patriarchy. In Breadwinner, An Intimate History of the Victorian Economy, new book by Emma Griffin, she draws on over 600 autobiographies by working-class British men and women born between 1830 and 1903. These autobiographies reveal that girls wanted paid work, yet their earnings were so low and the volume of housework so large that their parents didn't consider it worthwhile. So girls were often saddled with childcare and scrubbing while their brothers were out earning their own money and being valued as financial contributors. Now, due to sex discrimination in the labour market, women needed to marry to survive. But that did not guarantee their economic security. Women were dependent on men's good graces and men were distinctly unreliable. Rising male wages did not lift all boats. Moreover, they amplified patriarchy, endowing men with pride, status and authority. Now, crucially, in communities where male-dominated industries were substantially higher paying and enabled them to provide single-handedly as breadwinners, Men saw themselves as superior. A similar process of cultural transformation occurred on the Zambian Cobb Belt. This region was historically matrilineal. Young grooms performed bride service by working on her parents' field. Subordinate to her kin, men had to prove themselves worthy. But when the mines open up, young men gained economic autonomy and social authority. Clad in blue overalls, copper belt men provided the lifeblood of the Zambian economy and were revered as breadwinners, at least until the 1970s economic crash. So where the process of structural transformation elevated men's relative earnings, they gained status and expected deference. Working class jobs were no picnic. But they provide. But from America to Zambia and A to Z, they gave men pride. Uh, there's Michel Lamont's book, uh, "The Dignity of Working Men." Right. So this wasn't just a function of economic bargaining power, but also how local economic geography shaped the cultural construction of masculinity. So in places where there was a premium for heavy manual labor, like coal mining, Appalachia, or the Zambian Cop Belt, men as a group were substantially elevated. The fortunes of an entire community rested on men's broad shoulders, and this was culturally celebrated. 
Fast forward to today, we see the demise of good jobs. Automation technologies have spread across the industrialized world. Western firms have cut costs by automating routine tasks once performed by middle-skilled workers in the middle of the wage distribution. This has caused both wage and employment polarization. It has hurt workers who perform less complex tasks while generating a skill premium for those at the top. Uh, I'm sure you already know work by Ajimoglu and Restrepo as well as by Ajimoglu and uh, Loebin. Okay. Now, global competition has also played a role, undercutting U.S. jobs in manufacturing, um, as shown by David Otour and colleagues, and incentivizing that cost-cutting automation. So if you think you're going to be outdone by Japanese or Chinese firms, then you need to automate to maintain high profits. Organized labor, meanwhile, has become too powerless to resist especially in the US. So as a result of these mutually reinforcing trends in automation, global trade and worker power, there has been an increase in income inequality. Working class men haven't only lost good jobs, good jobs, sorry, they have fallen further behind the rich. This is important. People care not just about their absolute income, but their relative status. No man wants to feel like a loser as if he can't keep up, no matter what he tries. Over in Italy, nearly 30% of young men are currently unemployed. 70% still live with their parents. Many are now struggling to get jobs, be independent, attract girlfriends, let alone start a family. So fertility has plummeted. It's now the lowest in Europe. Life is really tough for non-elite men who expected better. Right? It's this interaction between economics and culture. So how has this affected gender? Right now you're on my turf. Okay, so in places where men have been economically defeated and suffered a disproportionate share of job losses, several effects have been documented. Gender gaps in employment have closed, gender gaps in earnings have reduced, marriage rates have fallen, job loss hurts men's egos, there's been patriarchal nostalgia and uh, a rise in support for right-wing parties. Okay, so let's first of all look at the gender gaps in employment. So female employment increased where men's real wages declined across 320 U.S. counties from 2006 to 2017. Absolute levels of female employment rose while male employment fell. In Appalachia's coal mining belt, female share of employment surged. That comes from a new paper by Clark, Coburn and Zucker. The same authors find that gender gaps in earnings have reduced. Men who once held blue-collar jobs in mining or manufacturing have suffered a relative decline in earnings. From 1985 to 2018, blue-collar men became less likely to be breadwinners. They also earned a smaller share of household income. Back in 1985, these men earned about 75% of household income. By 2018, it was 64%. So their earnings are less important. Now, in American counties where blue-collar work contracted, Clark et al. find that men's share of household income fell. These economic shifts appear to have major social and political effects, which I'll go into now. First of all, marriage rates have fallen. 
marriage rates fell alongside the decline in working class men's relative earnings. Where the gender earnings gaps closed, men struggled to attract wives. Um, that's demonstrated empirically by Autor, Dawn and Hansen. It's also part of a global trend. I recall my podcast called A Unified Theory of Marriage. Okay. Job loss also seems to hurt men's egos. Men are usually unhappy if their wife earns more. Uh, there's a new paper by Kawalesqua and Vitali. They draw on a large survey uh, across Europe. Husbands of female breadwinners feel almost as bad as if both of them are unemployed. Failure to achieve patriarchal ideals makes men feel crap. This toll is larger in countries with stronger norms about male breadwinners, like Germany. So whereas in countries with a long history of full-time female employment, men experience less discomfort. Likewise, in the USA, 62% of surveyed men expressed a desire to out-earn their wives. That's from Clark et al. Most men want to be breadwinners. By contrast, only 45% of women share this preference. So men's esteem is typically much more contingent on being the breadwinner. Okay, now let me come to patriarchal nostalgia. When men feel like they're falling behind, unable to realize expectations of preeminence, they can react aggressively and endorse hostile sexism. Uh, so if you stroll through old podcasts, you'll see I have one called Unemployment and Hostile Sexism. Or maybe I call it job loss and hostile sexism, something like that. New research in the US and the UK points to a slightly different dynamic, which I want to call patriarchal nostalgia, a desire for how things used to be, back when men were breadwinners. Others term this traditional gender roles, but they're wrong. That's misleading because the male breadwinner model only emerged relatively recently. You know, people don't know their history, whatever. Okay, so clock it out, they trace American men's proclivity to say that a man should work while a woman should stay at home between 1982, 1987 and 2004. They find that men's reaction to their wives' increased earnings is mediated by their own employment history. Loss in relative economic status only seems to trigger patriarchal nostalgia among men who have worked in blue-collar work for over 10 years. By contrast, men with no history of blue-collar work, who then see their spouse's relative earnings increase, are actually less likely to endorse patriarchal nostalgia. Uh, let me quote, A 25-point increase in a spouse's relative income for a man with less than 10 years of blue-collar work, sorry, with more than 10 years of blue-collar work, in manuring, man, manuring, manufacturing or mining, um, corresponds to a seven-point increase in the likelihood of supporting these traditional gender roles. So how can we explain this? Well, my speculative explanation is that in coal mining communities like Appalachia, uh, where men's work was once revered as fundamental, but those overalls now lay in tatters, there is a heavier hit. Likewise, in the UK, men who are born into areas with high unemployment are now more likely to say husbands should earn, wife should stay at home. Um, that comes from a new paper by McNeil and colleagues. I interpret this not as backlash, but as men yearning for relative status. That's why I call it nostalgia. 
Now, this all has political effects. Republicans have gained more votes. In U.S. counties with more male and female layoffs, more people voted Republican. A 25% increase in the number of male layoffs is associated with a three-point swing to the right. Female layoffs do not have this consequence. Moreover, when the gender gap in workforce participation closed, more people voted Republican. Clark and co-authors find that a one-standard deviation towards women's share of employment, equivalent to uh, 14% of initial workforce size between 2004 and 2014, drove a 7 to 9% percentage point swing towards Republicans. Nationally represented data um, on individual vote choice between 2006 and 2020 affirms this trend. In counties with more male layoffs, Republicans win. Republican vote share is also correlated with endorsement of patriarchal nostalgia. That's what it means to make America great again. This is consistent with new research in Brazil. Bolsonaro got more votes in places where unemployment shocks predominantly hit men. That's a new paper by Barros and Silva. So what's the overarching story here? Well... The Industrial Revolution radically transformed gender roles by increasing family dependence on a single male breadwinner. This elevated men's status and expectations of deference. Those patriarchal ideologies persist. Despite rising female educational attainment, men are still more likely to be called intelligent. Analyzing a 200 million word corpus of US print media, uh, Buteline, Asenef, Coella, and Cornell find that the term genius is still reserved for men. Right? We still live in a patriarchal culture. Now, elite men continue to realize these patriarchal ideals. America's America's male-dominated corporate and tech elite continue to earn some of the highest salaries in the world, and they are widely revered as knowledgeable authorities. Their status is secure, okay? Meanwhile, Structural shifts in global competition, automation, loss of worker power and rising economic inequality have undercut working class men's ability to provide as breadwinners. As a result, many hearken for what I call patriarchal nostalgia. Thank you very much for listening. I am Dr. Alice Evans and this is Rocking Our Priors. Um, Please refer this podcast to anyone who talks about the crisis of masculinity without thinking about structural transformation and global gender history. Thank you.